Hello and welcome to the latest Lancet Respiratory Medicine podcast. I'm Luke Worley and in this podcast we'll be talking about the Commission on Chronic Obstructive Pulmonary Disease in the USA, published on the 13th of May. Let's hear from our interviewee, the lead author of the paper. Can you give us your name and affiliation please? Hi Luke, my name is Milan Han and I'm an Associate Professor of Medicine in the Division of Pulmonary and Critical Care at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, Michigan, which is in the U.S. This commission discusses COPD care delivery in the USA. Can you briefly explain the degree of burden of COPD in the country and explain why it is such an important issue right now? Thanks, Luke. Well, it really is an important issue. So if we look at the number of patients that carry a diagnosis of COPD, it's about 7% of the U.S. adult population. But when they've gone out and done surveys and actually done spirometry on, on individuals, uh, the number of patients who actually have airflow obstruction is likely double that. So we think it's roughly 29 million individuals in the U.S. have chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, or, or COPD. It's currently third leading cause of death in the U.S. and has been since 2008. Uh, and it, it's not just the, the mortality, though, that's associated with this disease. It's, it's also uh, the morbidity in terms of exacerbations that lead to hospitalizations and, and work loss, et cetera. The total cost from hospitalization and absenteeism in the U.S. is estimated at $36 billion annually. And uh, one of the other reasons why I, I think this disease is so important is the fact that, and I think it's important that we're discussing it, is it actually disproportionately affects individuals of lower socioeconomic status. And so their ability to get resources to care for themselves and access treatments uh, may be more limited than other segments of the population. So what is unique about this particular commission to distinguish it from, say, a simple review of COPD care? Well, I think that one of the biggest differences is that, and I've written a lot of review articles, is that I simply could not just go to the literature, at least the traditional medical literature, and try to find answers uh, for the things that I really wanted to uh, address in this piece. One of the things that frustrates me is that we spend a lot of time, particularly people like me who are in academic medicine, pontificating about which medicines are best for patients and how just how many points of quality of life improvement a patient might experience from a particular treatment when many patients simply can't access those treatments. And so I really wanted to move the discussion a bit from theoretical care in the U.S. to actual care. So instead of just going to the medical literature, I, I had to research a lot of other kinds of sources. I also had to rope in multiple other kinds of experts because there are a lot of things addressed uh, in this piece. We really tried to give a 360-degree view of care, and so we have perspectives from patients, from caregivers, from nurses, respiratory therapists, pretty much anyone who would intersect with the patient in the U.S. healthcare system. Uh, but then I also wanted to talk to health systems and payers, and what about the pharmaceutical industry uh, and the National Institutes of Health who helped to fund a lot of the research for COPD. I really wanted to, to get the input from everyone and, and really bring it all together. And so this really required uh, reaching out and networking to 
a, a very diverse group uh, of authors and also doing a lot of original research in terms of setting up interviews uh, to try to get the information that I really wanted to put into this piece. That all sounds quite challenging. Would you say that was the most challenging aspect of the project or was it something else? Uh, well, I think it, the original research was challenging, but to be honest, perhaps what e equally or more challenging was hurting uh, the uh, over 20 authors <laughs> on the list. Uh, the uh, Lancet Respiratory Medicine put forth a challenge for me to get this document done, and uh, I think we had our first meeting about it at the American Thoracic Society last year. And so uh, in, in order to be able to uh, get the whole piece essentially accomplished, edited, and, and, and published within a year, it was a huge, simply a coordination effort of multiple uh, individuals. So moving to the actual findings of the piece then, what would you say the key messages are to have come out of this work? Uh, well, I think we have so many messages, so it's difficult to, to boil it down, and I encourage our listeners to actually read the piece for themselves. But ultimately, I would like to see improved care for COPD patients, and patients still are really struggling with access to affordable medications access to simple things like pulmonary rehabilitation in their area, getting in to see a pulmonary specialist, accessing a disease state uh, education. And then from a healthcare perspective, from a health system perspective, I think we as physicians and as hospitals are still struggling with how do we best coordinate care uh, amongst ourselves and how do we coordinate uh, transitions of care. So I think that uh, simply bringing these issues to the surface and, and beginning a, a discussion about them uh, are, are some of the perhaps most key messages out of this piece. So you've touched upon it a bit there, but is there anything particularly you'd like to see happen as a result of this work being published? Well, ultimately, the bottom line is we'd love to see improved care for patients, and we would ultimately like to see the metrics move. So I, I'd love to see fewer patients with COPD. I'd like to see for those patients who do have COPD that they would experience less frequent exacerbations, less frequent hospitalizations, and ultimately uh, decreased mortality. But uh, how do we get from a piece that just sort of brings these the, some of the practical issues to light to discuss to actually moving the needle, there's going to have to be a lot that happens in between. I think getting the discussion going is, is the first thing, but then we're actually going to actually have to start doing things to, to make some of these things happen. At the end of the piece, the readers will find that we have a, a section on potential solutions and, and future directions that I think need to happen in order to achieve some of these goals. But uh, ultimately, we've got to improve access. So this means we've got to figure out a way to lower out of pocket costs for patients. Patients with COPD have quite a few comorbidities, and they're responsible for a lot of uh, medication costs. We don't have any generic medications uh, for COPD in the U.S., and so none of the COPD medications are going to be available at the lowest tier copay. Uh, and so a lot of patients with COPD simply go without their medications. And, and so this is a problem that's got to be addressed. Another problem we have is getting access to pulmonary rehabilitation. Uh, one of the odd things is that a couple of years ago, the Medicare actually gave an official coverage determination for pulmonary rehabilitation, which you would think would have improved access, but as part of the reimbursement structure, they required having a physician on site. And because of that, it actually caused a lot of rehab facilities to close their doors. 
because they simply couldn't afford to have a physician, a supervising physician on site all the time. And so from a geographic perspective, the United States is actually quite large. We have a lot of COPD patients in rural areas, um, and a lot of these patients are older and may have limited transportation. So trying to figure out how to improve access uh, for patients both, both to rehab facilities and to see specialists uh, is a challenge. Uh, in the piece, we talk about things like telehealth or uh, whether education or even rehabilitation could, could even be uh, delivered on, for instance, an internet-based platform. We really don't have any research about that yet as to whether that improves outcomes, but I think we're going to have to start looking at solutions like that more seriously. One of the other things that's really been a huge item for discussion in the last few years in the U.S. is this concept of COPD readmissions, and uh, the payers are very much focused right now just on costs, and so they're penalizing the hospitals when patients are readmitted for a COPD exacerbation within 30 days. But in my opinion, I think that that focus is a bit misplaced. I'm not 100% sure there's a lot that that hospitals can do uh, while the patient's in the hospital that's, that at least in randomized controlled trials has been demonstrated to actually reduce the frequency of admissions. Now, that doesn't mean that there aren't things that we can do to improve and standardize care for patients within the hospital, and, and I think we can, and I think that is important. However, I think we really would benefit from moving the discussion away from readmissions and look at admissions and simply how we are delivering care for patients in general. And I think if we can improve care, and that really includes the outpatient care, then I think ultimately the trickle-down effect is that we'll have fewer patients admitted to the hospital and then ultimately fewer patients readmitted to the hospital. But I think it's going to really uh, require multiple solutions and, and targeting multiple facets of care that include not just the patient, but also physician factors and health system factors. Wow, it is a very important piece of work, highlighting the many remaining challenges in COPD care in the USA. You can read the commission in full on the Lancet website at www.thelancet.com slash commissions slash COPD dash care dash delivery dash USA, where you'll also find an accompanying editorial, comments, a profile of Mylan herself, and a nice video infographic. Mylan Han, thanks very much indeed. Thanks so much, Luke. And thanks for listening at home. See you all next time.